we're we are going to continue our study our second night in uh, deception and heresy just like the title says uh, history identification and defeat and there are two sets of notes uh, we've got we've got the notes that we started with last week we'll use them a little bit but also I've handed out and put online a second set of notes which is uh, starting in the book of first Corinthians going all the way to Revelation is just verses that deal with and it's not any commentary except in this, the, the left column over here, I guess it would be the right column, of I just identify what the text is saying. And we're going to look at that a little bit and read through that. And we can read through that. I'm not reading through the whole thing tonight, but I got a few highlights talking kind of about uh, this concept uh, that we begin with. When we start talking about heresy, we, we need to talk about uh, the faith. And this is, uh, I mentioned this last week, the concept of the faith or the truth, uh, this is the doctrines, this is what we unify. When it talks about unity, now again, this is kind of a summary of last week, kind of pick this up because it's important because when you get into church and you talk about a unity of the Spirit and peace, uh, they, we think about everybody just getting along, just, getting, just don't, don't cause problems. But then you start looking at the apostles and looking at Jesus and Jesus even says, I, I didn't come to bring peace. I, I brought a sword. But now that I've left, you need to bring peace. Well, okay, so we just, Jesus could cause division, uh, but we're supposed to just put up with stuff. That's what the postmodern culture would want us to have is just put up with it. And if you're trying to build a, a big church, a mega church, or you got a building program, the last thing you want to do is bring division amongst the people. And your, your building pro, you know, have to go to a, start meeting in a junior high somewhere or something. So you want unity and peace for the social aspect of your church. But that's not, for, let's just set that aside for a while. And the idea here is we want unity of the faith. And you need to work on keeping peace within your group, uh, not getting sidetracked so that you can work on this unity of the faith. But the minute someone comes up and brings in something new, something strange, or what we call heresy, which we looked at last week, and you can see on that, that first page we got some definitions. The word heresy, uh, starting right here at the top of the page, page three of the first set of notes from last week. The word heresy in the Greek, the Greek word is right there. It means choice or thing chosen, is we've got the faith, we've got the truth. Now, someone comes in and starts saying, well, I might give you another choice. You can have option A, but there's also, you could see this. Uh, like Jesus is the Son of God, uh, but, you know, he could just be a, a, a man anointed by the Spirit of God. Now you've got a choice. Is he the eternal Son of God that took on flesh and became a man and is today and always was God and is a resurrected man in heaven today? Or was he just a man like you and me that God chose and anointed? Well, we, we don't really know. You've got a choice. No, no, you've got a, well, yeah, you've got a choice, but that's a heresy. That by choosing this other option other than the deity of Jesus Christ, the deity of the man, Jesus Christ, you've now gone over and chosen a, a heresy. Not just a false teaching, not just confusion, like, you know, when's the rapture going to happen, or is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, we're all, you know, what, when it, it's like you've actually shifted from Christianity that provides salvation in Christ to a man who was anointed by God and was a great teacher. 
just like you and me, except favored by God. Well, you've left Christianity. Whenever you have heresy, heresy is meaning you've left Christianity. Now, again, you still may be teaching in a church or pastoring a church. You still may be a denomination. You still may have crosses. You still may have a, 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 you know, what you call yourself a church. But as far as the Christian, the faith, the truth, the unity in Christ, you've left. And so what we're talking about is unity of the faith. And if someone wants to say Jesus, well, he was just a man anointed by God, or like the Decetists, we'll talk about them, uh, he was God, but he wasn't a man. He was like a, just a figment, a, a spirit. You couldn't really touch him. He was not really a man. Well, that's the opposite. Well, you've left Christianity. We have to divide. We have to separate from that. You can't say, well, we're just, uh, we'll just agree to disagree. Well, you, you can, you can. They think different than I do, but I am a Christian. They are not. They're a different religion. You've switched. And that is what heresy is. Now, just that introduction, uh, you can see that that's a dangerous territory. Because first of all, am I a heretic? Am I, am I in heresy? Do I know all the doctrines? Well, that's why we study. And then it comes down to this. Uh, eventually, you're going to get to a point where we will disagree on different things and every time we disagree doesn't mean one of us has to be a heretic it can be what we talked about last week a non-essential issue again right when you say non-essential then you use an example you're making someone mad because that's not a non-essential that's a crucial doctrine uh, and again I have an opinion on these things, but you've got different forms we used last week, different forms of baptism. You, you can, you know, dunk, you can immerse, you can sprinkle, you can pour, you can go forwards, you can go backwards, you can do the triune immerse dunk three times, you can have baby baptism. It's like, well, okay, if you're practicing Christian baptism, you're going forwards or you're going backwards, you're going in a river or in a bathtub, in a cow tank, you're sprinkling, you're pouring, it's like, okay, we will, that's, that's an area where you can agree to disagree. I think you can maintain, that's where you, for the sake of Christian fellowship, that is something you maintain the peace so that you can have unity, because this is a non we're teaching baptism, but we're practicing it a different, again, people would be shutting this off right now, he's already a heretic, it's like I'm using an example here. Uh, but the, you don't leave Christianity because of that. Again, and that will, that will indeed be an issue. Now, we'll talk about the, the tendency of what, how do you determine non-essential and heresy, and that just like always, there's going to be a gauge that these things are non-essential, non-essential, non, -essential, non, -essential, non For how many times do you celebrate communion? I mean, once a week, once a year, uh, once a lifetime. I mean, what... Well, then you got these things that become non-essentials, but eventually you're going to cross a line somewhere up in here that, okay, now you're, you're messing with the Christian faith, the faith once for all. The next thing we want to mention in review is the faith, and this is a good little diagram here. Again, it's going to be very sloppy. Uh, there's thinking within seminary Christianity, especially in the Western world coming out of Germany, uh, that there was different groups of Christians in like we got a little diagram, a little chart up here. This 60 AD, 80, 100 AD, 120 AD. Here's Peter and Paul 
Peter died 64 AD, Paul dies in 60 AD, Timothy apparently dies in 97 AD, John still around in 98 AD, and so this, these guys, Polycarp, Papias, Ignatius, they would have known John, possibly would have known Timothy, and so they're passing it, so there is a connection, Clement, Linus, Peter, or Paul refers to Linus, refers to Clement, uh, so these are people that were familiar with, and they had trouble with the Judaizers, Nicholas, the Nicolaitans, Simon, out of the book of Acts, Simon Magnus went to Rome, Serenthus met John in uh, Ephesus one time at a bathhouse, and they knew each other, uh, and there's a story outside of the Bible about that confrontation, and so these guys influenced these people, and, and they all, you know, some, you know, they continued on. Now, as time moves on, uh, the issue is you've got Jerusalem, Antioch, Ephesus, Heropolis, Smyrna. I don't have on here Alexandria, Egypt, uh, but you've got different locations, you've got different churches, and you may have different forms of Christianity. You know, these guys taught this, these guys taught that, they taught this way different. They all have different ways of going about teaching their doctrines. Well, then eventually they're going to have to start to merge together and they start coming up with different, you know, solidifying. It took maybe many years for it to all finally come together. And now, like in 325, you're going to have the Council of Nicaea. And we'll show you a map here. Eventually it's in, it's in Asia, north of Asia there, north of the seven churches uh, of Asia. Uh, and the Council of Nicaea, after Constantine became emperor, and they're going to have a creed. They're going to identify some of these things as absolutely correct doctrine. They're going to become, uh, they're going to become orthodox. Little O, orthodox. These are the correct doctrines. And so all of these evolved into this. And in many cases, the powerful win. These guys believed Jesus was just a man anointed by God. These people didn't think there was anything special about him. He just was like a, a political leader that got some people riled up, maybe even starting to try to have a war with the Romans. These people thought that he was actually God himself that took on an appearance but didn't have flesh. These people thought that he was actually God and man combined, born of a virgin. These people, and, and it's just like, which one was right? Well, it's, it's developing. It's developing. It fits perfect with our culture. Truth is developing. It's like we're, we're finding our way. That is, this right here is heresy. This is false teaching. It's in seminaries. It's in churches. It's in pastors' brains, their minds. Their, their logical system is based on this, which means we can't go back and say this is what Jesus said, this is what the Apostle Paul thought, because you don't know. I mean, you got all look at all these guys. Each of these guys has a different form of Christianity, different culture, different language, different location, and it's going to take years for it to emerge right here. And this is what emerged, but given a different situation, this could have emerged, and this could have been Christianity, with not just a, a trinity where the three gods, three people in, in one Godhead. It could have been there's God in three forms, like water, ice, and, and vapor. It's like this is God the Father, who's separate from God the Son, who's separate from God the Spirit. Or you've got God the Father of the Old Testament, God the Son of the New Testament, God the Holy Spirit of 
the church age. It's the same God, but three different forms of God. It's like, well, that's not what we teach, but that's what could have developed. What we're going to see in the Bible, and I'm about to show it to you, is there was this faith. For example, it works like this. This is the truth. The Word became flesh. Jesus, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. The, the apostles were given information, and they went out to proclaim this truth. Paul was picked up and put along here, and they're proclaiming this line of doctrine. Now, there's going to be times where it's misinterpreted, and that is where it's stopped and brought back on track. Galatians is a good example. Peter went off track, for example, and I'm going to use two examples here. Peter, when the Judaizers came in and says, well, you know, they, need, they came up to Antioch, and again, I'm rushing through the story, but the Jerusalem Christians that were Pharisees, Pharisee background, they came up into Antioch in Syria, uh, and that's what the book of Galatians is about. It's recorded in the book of Acts also. That's why the Jerusalem Council of 48 AD back here took place. And they were convincing that the Jews, that you couldn't fellowship with the, the, the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, if you're going to become Christians, uh, you don't just get to take a shortcut. You've got to become a Jew to become a Christian. Jesus is the Messiah of the Jewish faith. So we believe in Jesus. You know, here's, this is logical. They're Jews. Their prophesied Messiah came to save them. Okay, he's here. And now we're going to offer it to the world. Would you like to accept Jesus Christ? Well, yes, you would. Well, there he is. But hey, first, just like everybody, you've got to become Jewish. Which, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he's the Jewish Messiah. You can't just come in any way you want. You can't come halfway into the game and without coming to any practices. So come on over here. Uh, here's our circumcision table. Here's our dietary laws. And now there's Jesus Christ. And even Peter, when Paul had gone on his first missionary journey, by the time Peter got back, by the time Paul got back, even Peter, and Paul records that, in Galatians, even Peter was with the Judaizers like, yeah, that, that can't argue with that. And Paul rebuked Peter because Peter had gone off track. This is in the book of Galatians. He says, in front of them all, I confronted Peter. He says, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile. Because Peter had the one with the white sheet experience coming down. At, at, uh, before he'd gone to Cornelius' house, he's at the, 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 the tanner's house. And the sheet came down with the animals on it. He's on top of the, the building, is sleeping, because uh, that's where they slept, on top of the houses. And it came down with all the animals. And Jesus says, get up and eat. And there's unclean animals in this vision. And Peter says, oh, no, and I'm not going to eat anything. I've never violated law. And Jesus says in the vision that's recorded, uh, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. And the vision was over. At that very time, Cornelius had sent men down, uh, knocked on the door, and says, we want Peter to come up to meet with Cornelius. Uh, because an angel told us about this and so he'd had a vision so they got peter and peter walked into a gentile house a roman centurion shared the gospel with him and while he's talking the spirit comes on them he's explaining the gospel uh, about faith in christ and the spirit came on them and they began to manifest the spirit right in front of him and it's like oh and then they baptized them now that was a straight shot they are gentiles in a gentile house they hear the gospel, they accept it, the Spirit comes on them, manifests, it's like, it's like, I wonder if they got born again. Well, I, this is what happened on the upper room, this, was, this is it. Well, they heard about it back in Jerusalem, the Jews, 
the leadership of the Jerusalem church, which were Christians. I mean, the Pharisees aren't going to call him in and say, I don't think he should have gone in. The Christian leadership in Jerusalem called Peter in. This would be, you know, 35 AD, 40 AD. Uh, this is before the Jerusalem council. It called him in and rebuked him, says, what are you doing? We heard you went into a Gentile house and had lunch with him. He says, well, here's what happened. I preached the gospel. The Spirit came on him just like it did on us. So you maybe would think James, Jesus' brother, and John, the apostle, would be sitting there and maybe the leadership that's rebuking Peter for going into a Gentile's house. And after he explained it to him, they go, hmm, then God has chosen the Gentiles. Carry on. That's not what we would have done. But they went, deviated off from here. Boom, came back to here. Then a few years later, the Judaizers came up to Syria, and that's where they began to lead the church, the Gentile church into Judaism, and Peter joined them. I mean, he, just, he was the first one in a Gentile house, and now he's over here, he was in, probably intimidated. Well, Paul comes and rebukes him, and they all come back, and they all go to Jerusalem and have a Jerusalem council in 48 AD, and that's recorded in the book of Acts, and that's where they write a letter. So, okay, here's... We're not going to make the Gentiles keep the law. One reason, because even our forefathers couldn't keep it. I mean, we've been failing at this law since we were given it. We're not going to make it a requirement to meet Christ through the law because, actually, guys, we've never done it right. And so they, they wrote that letter, and that's, that led to the approved, because Paul's already got the Gentile ministry. Of all people, a Pharisee has got a ministry to the Gentiles. Now, this Jewish issue is going to become a big deal that the Judaizers here, and as you go down here, you're going to have it's going to come up again. It comes up constantly in the Western Church. You, you you've met people who were infatuated with Judaism, and they start talking about what day of the week they have church. They start talking about the dietary laws. They start wearing things on their head. You know, they they're going to be. And they don't use the word Jesus. They use the word Yeshua because it's you know it's 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 the it, it's like they they're still tempted to do this. Nonetheless. The truth was here, but notice the apostles themselves could have and did make mistakes, but were brought back to this. Now, I'm not saying the apostles made mistakes in the text of Scripture. I'm saying the apostles were not creating the faith. The apostles were not creating the truth that you don't deviate. They had apostolic authority. The letters begin, Paul, an apostle. They talk about the authority of the apostles. These people, Papias, Polycarp, these guys coming, Anacletus, Ignatius, they're going to talk about, especially Irenaeus, is going to talk about apostolic authority. This is what they taught. But he's not saying they created this truth. They were entrusted with this truth. And they had to continue in the truth and hand it down. And if they deviated, someone would grab them by the collar and drag them back over here. And if they would have kept going off, it would have been like heretic. Now, a classic example, a close example, now I got not the best, but it would be Judas. One of the 12 apostles became some kind of a heretic. I'm not sure what level of heresy or just a traitor. Uh, unbeliever but he was one of these 12 and he wanted to do it a different way before the cross even got there he wanted a confrontation or he wanted something to tell you who knows what he was thinking you can speculate what he was thinking uh but whatever happened wasn't what he planned because 
he realized he'd made a mistake and it didn't work out the what he thought was going to happen. So he may have been, you know, it's going to be easy to call him a heretic, but at what level? Now, I'm going to read right here a verse, Galatians. I read it yesterday in, in reading 1 Timothy. But Paul, writing to the Galatians, because they had fallen into this very same heresy. And uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just reading it. Yeah, it's in your notes if you want to. Uh, I've, I'm going to read it just right out here. We'll go to the notes in a minute. Paul in chapter 1, verse 6 of Galatians writes, now what I'm, I want you, here's what I'm, I want you to notice. Apostolic authority. What came first? The apostles who gave you the truth or the truth that was given to the apostles? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, the truth or the apostle? Now again, this simple illustration, you, you got it figured out. What came first, the apostles gave you the truth or the truth was given to the apostles? You have your answer. I hope you say the truth was given to the apostles. Otherwise, some would say the apostles created the truth. So if Paul would have says, yeah, we should circumcise the Gentiles. That would have become the Christian tradition. Not the truth. It was what Paul wanted. It was what Peter and Paul decided. They had a Jerusalem council. Let's say, you know, I think it is a, we've all paid a price. I think the Gentiles need to do the same thing. All in favor. Aye, aye. They all agree. Okay. And now you've all got to become Jewish. That's, they could have done that, but it would not have been the gospel. They, some, they, some of them did it. There are people on this chart that are going to make that choice. And if the apostles had made that choice in 40 AD, it would not have become Christianity. It would have become a heresy. Somehow, it would have had to be handed down to us. Watch this. And Paul's going to make this point right here. It's, it's, it's explicit, but it's kind of hidden in there. Chapter 1, verse 6. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And that would be a heresy. Because he says right here, which is really no gospel at all. Now you can have certain things that we call, uh, again, the, uh, the non-essentials, and you're choosing this form of baptism, and I'm choosing this form of baptism. You're not choosing a different gospel. You're choosing a different way of practicing baptism if that's a safe example or we meet at you know uh you know saturday nights for our worship service and and you're supposed to meet on sundays well we can't find a building so we meet on sunday nights it's like okay that's a non-essential are you meeting and growing in christ that's that's the goal uh so that would not be you're meeting on saturday nights instead of sunday mornings which is not a church service at all yeah, it is a church service. It's a church service on Saturday night. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. But this right here, they were slipping into something, a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all, which is meaning he's slapping heresy on it. You've just left. You say, well, we've got a different gospel, right? You have a different gospel, but it's not even a gospel. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion. And again, that confusion would be by giving you a choice throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of christ now watch this but even here's what i want you to see but even if we we who we apostles or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you 
let him be eternally condemned or anathema which means eternally condemned you know given up to the flames as we have already said so i say again if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted let him be eternally condemned and what is being said there is even if we paul says even if i come to you and i teach you something different that is null and void because the truth exists and i was given the truth i don't have the ability or the authority to change the truth i can only become give you a choice which is heresy and he and also goes on and says there at the end um as we've already said, so I say again, if anyone preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. And notice what the people had done. They had, the truth had come to the apostles, so the apostles had to do what with the truth? The, the apostles had to receive the truth, and the apostles pass it on, and the people accepted the, the, the truth. Now, Paul, Peter's Paul says, if someone else comes in and adds something to it, what you accepted was what was given to us, which is the truth. So, do you understand? that Really, that's, that's a foundational point of heresy, uh, is the truth was established. And once you get off of that, that, that the, and, and the church, it wasn't a late development. And that's where we're going to turn to now, uh, the, this, the second set of notes, the new stuff tonight. It's notes two on the, on the page. And what I'm going to try to do is show you throughout the scriptures and, and seal the deal, I hope, that there was the faith. There was the truth. There was the gospel. And it was, it was self-contained. These are all synonyms for what they had. The faith, the truth, the gospel. And this is what the church needed unity on. And if somebody wanted to change the gospel or change the truth or change the faith, they're all synonyms, the gospels, the faith of Christianity, the truth that, of, of Jesus Christ. They wanted to change that. You would be breaking the unity and you would have to leave. You would have to be sent away because we're going to keep the unity. The unity of what? The unity of the faith, not the unity of the community. Not the unity of, of, of fellowship. Not the unity of everyone getting along at the potluck. Th this is the unity of the faith. If you do not agree with this, you're not part of the church. If you don't agree with these, again, there's going to be, again, heresy and non-essentials. Now here, my point of reading these things to you, I'm not going to read all of these to you. I've got a few things underlined. Believe me, I was thinking about how i could do and just read through all these verses and make a, a case out of it that's why i originally wrote it 20 pages of verses and then i began to realize this doesn't really look like a class this looks more like a a reading program um but what we're looking for here tonight is this right here this that it started when when the apostles were sent out they were sent out with this truth this truth doesn't develop see during these ages it's not developing by these people. Now, there's going to be things that will develop. Like right here. Well, we don't have it on this chart. i got another one. The, the date of Easter. Easter cell. That's going to be a fun conversation. Start about 150. When Easter and how Easter was celebrated became an issue. 
not a heresy issue, but people are celebrating at different times of, of the year. And we'll talk about that. Uh, so there is going to be some development of the church. The fact that your church, <coughs> the church you go to today, probably looks different than the church you went to, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, which is different than the churches of the early 1900s, the 1800s. You know, I mean, so you're, there's going to be, that's things changing, but what can't change is the message. Here it is. Uh, top of page one, I've got just that first paragraph, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no division. That's the word schisma, which means division uh, uh, or destruction of like when you tear a, a garment apart or you divide a political party, you, you, you separate. I, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now that sounds like just back off, sounds like that's a perfect verse for a postmodern society. I urge you, listen, everybody finds their own truth. Don't be causing divisions. If anyone's causing divisions, stop it. Just, just get along. Just find that person that you totally disagree with. They're bi-political, bisexual, bi-religion, and just say, you know, we're all the same. And just, just work at getting that place of nirvana, that place of just nothing matters, just nothing. Just float with the universe, man. Just feel the presence of God as you float into nothingness. See, there's peace here. Drugs will help you get there. It's like, no, that's not what he's saying. It's like right here. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, right there, that's a huge statement, Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree. Agree on what? This. If you can't wrap your mind around this, there's the door. Do you want to accept this? No, I don't want to accept this. That's fine. Leave. But we're all going to agree in here. That there be no divisions among you or schisms but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. You're going to evaluate things from this position right here. It's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, not your local community club. Now you can have a, you want to unite because we all live in this one community. We all grew up here. Well, what are you uniting on? We all grew up here. Well, now our focus is we're all neighbors. We can all get along because we're all neighbors. We all just, and that's what you're unifying on. But it's not the church. Or you all support a, a football team. You're going to go to a, a Super Bowl party, you know, and you're going to, and you all wear the same jersey. Don't don't be wearing the other team's jersey to my Super Bowl party, you know. It's like, what are you? Why you're, you're you're a heretic? We're all cheering for this team. We don't want you here. Every time we have a fumble, you cheer. Would you go to somebody else's Super Bowl party because you're united on a team in the Super Bowl? Is that wrong? No, but it's not a church. We're united on the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth. You deviate from this, you're not welcome. You're a heretic. Do you hate me? No, I don't hate you, but you can't be here. Okay, that's a little extreme, but that's the idea. Page two. A second set of verses there on page two, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11 through 3. Again, this is a great verse. I could spend all night teaching this verse, but the idea here is Paul says, I laid a foundation. He, the faith, the truth, the gospel, a foundation. He didn't lay many foundations. I laid a foundation, 
And he says, uh, and someone else is building on it. And then he goes on and says in the bold print, for no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid. In other words, if you could add to this list right here since we're doing it, a foundation. Well, how do you spell foundation? In fact, he says, there is no other foundation other than the one, the foundation, capital T, the foundation I laid. So he came to the Corinthian church, taught them the gospel, gave them the truth, had the faith, and he laid the foundation for them to build their Christian life on. And he says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, that's that point right there. Go down to two more verses down. It's be 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6 through 7. Uh, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos. Now, Paul's using an example. Apollos is this guy. I'm this guy. And we got to work together. I'm using these as an example that Apollos has to teach this way. I have to teach this way. He's used that as an example. I use that as an example for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us, me and Apollos, not to go beyond what is written. And what is written is a technical term for Scripture. What is written, and he's got letters that he called that peter's going to call scripture but they've got the old testament definitely and they've got the the gospels the, the teachings of christ do not go our teachings he me and apollos we got to stay in sync we've got to agree with this and we're trying to teach you don't go beyond what is written because it's now does this sound like it's the here's my point right here real quick does it sound like this truth is just still developing that they're all kind of kind of trying to figure out is this the truth or is that the truth and Paul's like, well, you know, we should have a meeting, and I don't know what we're going to do with that issue. It's like, uh, Pete, Paul's sounding like they pretty much got it. Don't go beyond what is written. Uh, the third paragraph of verses from the bottom, in the middle there, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. It's bold and underlined. To remind you, he says, I'm sending Timothy to you, 1 Corinthians 4. I'm sending Timothy to you, my beloved and faithful child and Lord, and he's going to remind you of my ways in Christ. So he's sending to the Corinthian church in 55 AD. Paul is sending Timothy to remind them of Paul's ways or Paul's teaching that is from Jesus Christ. So Jesus gave it to Paul. Paul gave it to Timothy and the Corinthian church. And now Timothy's coming to the church to remind you of what you already know. He's not there to create some stuff. It's already known. Uh, the bottom two paragraphs be imitators of me as i am of christ now i commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain the traditions even as i delivered them to you now we add another word here traditions and the traditions would be again that's a technical word that means the things that and paul is going to have to have re well he says it right here maintained the traditions even as i delivered them to you paul delivered them to the corinthians but paul on certain things yes he had revelation from god he met jesus christ but there's certain things that just as he's going to say in first corinthians 15 that what i received i pass on to you and what did he receive he received information about the last supper he received information about jesus ministry and jesus teaching paul didn't meet jesus when he was alive before the cross he met him after the cross and the resurrection and jesus spoke to him from his glorified state from heaven so he met jesus but he needed to receive the historical information so even paul is receiving things but he's not changing them uh the bottom verse right there if anyone is inclined to be contentious 
if anyone is inclined to be in contentious, if anyone is looking at the foundation, the faith, the truth, the traditions, the gospel, it's like, I don't, you know, it, it, it could have happened a little different. It, I think what we should look at, can we combine this with some of the, the Artemis information? And we got some great religions in Egypt. If we could bring these together, we could see a, a unifying of mankind coming together under this umbrella uh, of, he says, if anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, no, nor do the churches of God. Huge verse. Nor do the churches of God. He's giving the impression in 1 Corinthians in 55 AD. 55 AD, he's saying there is no other practice in any of the other churches. This is what the church is. In Syria, in Asia, in Rome, in Alexander, Egypt, in Jerusalem. If there's a church, this is what they're doing. If they're not doing this, they're not a church. So, I mean, that just wipes out that, I mean, it almost makes me mad that some German theologian in the 1800s wrote about this developing theology. After it got translated in the 1920s or 30s into English, it swept through our seminaries and helped create what we call liberal theology. And now you can see churches that don't believe the Bible. It's like if the Bible's not true, if this is not true, man, we're out on our own. We're just, we're, we're flying by ourselves. And if someone wants to change something, it's like, like we're going to start marrying, you know, homosexuals or transgenders it's like whatever we just got to keep up with the times and you just keep changing it's like you can't do that i mean i mean in this kind of when you accept do not go beyond what is written uh there's two genders and then in those other verses from the law of moses from historical stories to paul writing directions in the new testament homosexuality is like a perversion it's not like an uh, uh, alternative lifestyle. It's not, I mean, we're going to take homosexuals and we're going to now marry the homosexuals. Oh, wow. <laughs> just keep this thing moving because we're just living on the waves of society or the winds of society. No, you know, you can do that, but you're not using marriage the way God intended it. You're not in line with the truth. I mean, you can marry a dog if you want to, I guess. I mean, but it's like, it's not, Biblical marriage is not what God instituted. And remember, the institutions God gave mankind, including government, family, marriage. He's creating these, including Israel and the church, institutions that he's inserted into history. And to take those institutions and twist them into making a match culture, make family match your ideal family, or marriage match your idea of marriage, it's like, it's not the foundation. It's not the, you can, people are doing it. It's called heresy i mean it's not like well that, that that's not right yeah it does. it's called heresy but it's not the truth okay boy oh boy here we go page three we're still in first corinthians when you come together as a, this is a good verse this is an important verse this gives you insight when you come together as a church there in the corinth in 55 a.d i hear that there are divisions or schisms a split, a division in your church. Not on what kind of, you know, potato salad, should that be onions in the potato salad or not. On this, there's divisions among you. And he says, and I believe it in part. Now watch this. For there must be factions. And now he uses the word heresis. You can see it right there, which is our word. It means choice or opinion. It's our word 
heresy. He says, I hear there are, okay, I'll read it, I'll use the Greek word per se. Uh, I hear there are schisms among you. And I believe it in part for there must be heresies. I see there's, there's splits among you. And I believe it in part for there must be choices among you in order that those who are genuine, genuine means is dokimazo or dokimos, which means tested and approved, among you may be recognized. Okay, I hear that there's people that are in schisms. You're separating. You believe this. You believe this. Well, you know, it has to be that way. There has to be heresies. There has to be choices emerging from among this large group of believers or claim to be believers. Why is there, why is there, why is there has to be schisms and splits and choices rising up between these different schisms? Because, he says, that's how we're going to find out who's dokimazo. We're going to find out who's genuine, who's been approved, who's been tested and approved as being in the faith. What does this schism believe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Jesus' dad was not Joseph and didn't get a teenage girl pregnant. Well, no, 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 neither did the Roman soldier impregnate Mary in Nazareth, and she had to run. No, nice try. That is a choice. That is a heresy that is not approved. These, this group right here, are not Christians. What do you believe? Well, well the prophet said the virgin be with child, and, and, and Jesus born of her, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. She conceived by the Holy Spirit, and, and he was the Son of God, the eternal God, who actually was born as a man. He became the, the second Adam. Well, just like you said, Paul, he's like the second Adam, but, but not connected to the first Adam's sin. Okay, that fits. You are approved. So, there, so that's, I mean, that verse right there, that's what he's saying. When you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you. I believe that in part, for there must be factions or choices among you, in order that those who are genuine, those who have correct faith, may be approved among you, and they may be recognized. And so in other words, this is, this is really, you should be teaching this kind of stuff in church for those to raise their hand and say, well, that's not what I believe. Okay, well, there's the door. Or if you're willing, we can explain to you, and we can, and like again we talked about last week, Apollos came out of Alexandria, Egypt, and when he met Aquila and Priscilla in Ephesus, it says they took him aside and taught him more correctly, more insight, more adequately the faith, and then he went on and began teaching there in Ephesus. He came out of, he came out of Alexandria as a teacher, probably influenced heavily by the Greek way of interpreting and, and Philo's interpretation, a lot of stories probably. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's not, that's not, that's not here. Now, Apollo, you're either going to be labeled heretic or you're going to be instructed and come into the fold. Again, th I'm reading between the lines. He came out of Alexandria. He met Aquila and Priscilla. They taught him in the way more adequately concerning the way. That's what they call it, the way. And then they let him keep on teaching. So Apollo was probably hearing some of those heresies. Have you ever heard a heresy? Have you ever believed a heresy? I, I, yeah, there's been times I'm growing, it's like, oh, and then you, you run back to the camp. I mean, it's like, well, that, I've never been tempted. I've never heard. It's like, what, you just never learned? You just went and just said the, the church creed and sat down in the front row and never moved? I mean, once you start studying yourself, once you start teaching, once you start trying to answer things, 
you're going to come up with some things that, well, sometimes it's going to be right. Sometimes I've had to go back and erase tapes. It's like, mm, that's not right. Yeah, you sure heard me teach in the 80s, huh? It's a long time ago. Okay, anyway, third paragraph down. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you and you received. Watch this. I would remind you. He's reminding them of what they already know of the gospel I preached to you. I preached this to you, and you received it. You were in this line. I had it. I gave it to you. You received it. Now it's yours. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. In other words, Paul saying, now I received it. I handed it to you, and you received it. And so they're in line with this. I mean, there's no doubt about it that the faith was established there in the... Uh, first century skip page four or five we could go to galatians there oh i could do this all night long what time is it oh my goodness are you okay because i was i was building i was making a point to then go back to this and build on this and i think i'm only going to do tonight is make my point and then we'll go back to this next week again because the clock is ticking fortunately for you the clock is ticking otherwise we would do what I intended, and it would be sometime in another dimension. <laughs> Ephesians on page 6, that first paragraph. Uh, and now you've, you've read this before. We've taught through it before. Uh, but hear this now, and, 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 and think about this. Think about unity. I therefore, Paul's writing from house imprisonment in Rome, back to the church of Ephesus, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness. Again, right, that's the nice point. Right here, this should produce humility and gentleness in you. But again, you've got to protect it. You can't be just, well, gentleness and humility, okay, well, we don't want to be judgmental. That's exactly what you've got to be. You've got to be judgmental to protect this because this is the truth. This is salvation. So you've got to be judgmental. There's going to be divisions among you. But this will lead you into humility and gentleness as you work with it. But if someone flares up and says they're going to change it, no, you're not going to change it. Uh, humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. Eager to watch, eager eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So you get this group of people together, and they're all on different levels of faith. You're going out of your way. Oh, yeah, that's not quite right. But you're like, oh, be patient, be gentle. You, you should come to more Bible studies. You, you want to come? I would like to sit down and maybe teach you. I can explain this. Or what you need to do is get this tape set by Brother Paul, and it, or whatever, not tape set, you know. You ought to listen to Paul's podcast or whatever it is now. Uh, but you see, eager, you're, you're, you're humble, you're gentle, you're working, bearing with one another in love. We're all Christians. We're all in the same covenant. And you're eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Oh, look at you. You've got a, a rainbow face mask on. Nice. Is that about Noah's flood? Oh, Oh, no, you're, you're transgender. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, you're a girl. Oh, no, you're a, you're a he? You're a they. Oh, okay. It's like, well, we don't want, we want to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Well, welcome. Oh, who's this? Is this your brother? Oh, no, this is my, my girlfriend. But you're a girl. 
yeah, well, we're getting married. We are married. See, we got married. It's like, oh, uh, nice. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Uh, are you going to have any children? Uh, no. Uh, you're going, going to adopt. Uh, no, you just have dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's like, I just want to make sure I, I want to be a good, humble Christian and maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. What are you supposed to be maintaining the, uh, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace with? The homosexuals and the transgenders? Or the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth once for all entrusted to the saints? This is what we're maintaining, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We're all together. And it, what, can, if we can, te- now again, can we, te- yeah, that's not right. <laughs> you can't get married. You can't marry the same gender. Uh, you can't switch genders. Uh, I'll just let you wear the mask. But it's like, this is, this is, but we're just here because we want to be part of the community. This is the community. Well, we don't agree with that. That's fine. But you have to leave. We need to maintain the bond of peace and unity here. Us, this is our target. We're all unified in Christ. We're all growing towards Christ. Like I said before, we're all at different places, but we're all looking at Christ going towards here. So it's like, a, like the opposite of rays coming out of a light bulb. We're all dispersed, but we're all going to Christ. We're all growing to Christ. So we're unified in Christ. We're unified in this doctrine. And you bring in this kind of trash from the society, it's like we, we, we're trying. Now, if you come in and say, you know, Names, okay, I don't believe in sprinkling in baptism, okay? I just don't think it makes sense. But, well, you know, we, I, I, I was sprinkled when I was baptized. Okay, not a big deal. It's like, I'm going to be humble, and, and yeah, I'm not going to, well, you know, bless God, here's, here's 20 pages of doctrine, and here's what we believe in our church. And we'll get there, we'll get there, if it is important. But you're going to want to do the best you can in humility, gentleness, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And here's the point right here. Because, now here's the rest of that verses. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. You, there, you, you, if you're going here, if you're in our church or if you're in the church of Jesus Christ, there's one faith, there's one Lord, there's one God, there's one spirit, there's one hope, and that's Jesus on his return and what he's, it's like we're all going here. And if you want to say, well, we just want to have society accept everyone the way they are. No, that's the Tower of Babel. That's the cosmos. That's Satan and his world, his God of this age. That's not what we're about. I mean, for me, that, make, that makes sense. Uh, again, you, people will disagree with it, obviously. Uh, oh, look at this. Uh, bottom verse on page six and he gave the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to watch this to equip the saints that's the believers for the work of the ministry or work of ministry for the building up the body of christ until watch this until we all attain to the unity of the faith there is unity of the faith, and I can go around the room right now, and if we talk long enough, and I, if I would stop talking, and we all took turns explaining different things, 
we would be like, ah, that's not how I see it. And that's not. We could form ourselves several churches here tonight, our own individual churches, because we wouldn't all agree, because we are not all unified in the faith. Now, on some things we are. Hopefully, we all would agree that the Word of God is, the text of Scripture is the Word of God. And, but as we go into it, there's going to be things that we're going to peel off and we're going to have questions that are answered. But we're going to try to maintain this. But in the church are going to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to help equip us until we all grow to that place. And there's, I, I got to believe that day is on the other side of eternity. I mean, it's not like if you come to Generation Word Church, I think we can get there tonight. It's like, I don't think, I think there's going to be issues and questions. The more we know, the more questions we have. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of self-defeating in a way. We can start to unify. Then we start to get too deep. And it's like, it, 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 that's why there's so many different theologians. But we're all studying. Okay. But that's the goal right there. Um, I'm turning to a page. Oh, we're already to page. Oh, this is a good verse. We should look at this because this kind of ties into why this is important right now. Go to page eight. Um, in 2 Thessalonians on page 8, um, I'm going to read through all three of those verses. And the idea here, you can see in the, in the right column there with my notes, uh, where it says 2 Thessalonians, one of the problems is new updated doctrine. I say new updated doctrine equals deception. Right here, there's no updating. This was once for all entrusted to the saints, just like Jude says. Uh, but you start updating it, it's going to have to be a deception. It could be a spirit, a prophecy, a sermon, or a letter. And then it talks about, in the next section, it's going to talk about a coming delusion that those are, who have rejected this have rejected the truth. And I think by that time, it's not just the scriptural truth, it's the, it's the general revelation truth that we're experiencing in our age, in postmodernism. Not that, not that we're in the end times, but it sure would match. I mean, I mean who knows? but where we reject natural revelation, we reject marriage, we reject you know, government, we reject you know, individual governments, you know, na- nations. Nationalism is one of the institutions. God created Tower of Babel. I mean, look at all these years. We're trying to get the United Nations, trying to get one world government where everybody just works together and they don't use gasoline and they just have you know, windmills in their yards or something, produce light. Uh, and, and we're so close to getting that. It's like, no, 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 they were closer at the Tower of Babel. In fact, they were there. And God goes on, let's go see what they're doing. Yeah, this is not good. Let's confuse them and let's make nations. And they scattered them. And from there, you've got the table of nations. They became this nation. They became. And from that time period, God's method of controlling human history in this state of sin is with nations. It's one of his answers to the world problem. Otherwise, it's guaranteed. It, it would, again, I could go on to it. Man is going to crush other men, and the, there's going to be a handful of elites controlling everything. They will destroy the world and, and have whatever they want for themselves. That's what's going to happen. The power is going to be powerful. The nations, now, when Jesus Christ comes back, there's still going to be nations, but there's going to be one world leader, but it's going to be the home of righteousness, and he'll be, the curse will be removed, and he'll be ruling. And, and he'll, that's another whole story or conversation. But when I talk about... The, the rejecting truth, it'd be rejecting this kind of truth, but also rejecting the basic institutions of, of, of individual responsibility, uh, uh, right out of the Garden of Eden, of marriage, 
God gave man and woman marriage of family, which is the foundation of society or a culture which becomes a nation. And then those nations have to have some kind of government. It just can't be a free-for-all. You're going to have to cooperate, have some kind of rules. Even Israel had a government. And that eventually leads down. That will be all those. All those, and I said this in 2007, that book, I said it a long time ago, I said it in 1992 in Oklahoma City at a convention. But all those institutions responsibility marriage family nationalism when i said it in in the 90s it didn't, no one even know what nationalism is going to be under attack it's going to be an evil just like marriage between a man and a woman individual responsibility fa- all these things uh are, are going to eventually be undermined because satan is the god of this age and he's got and those things are there to protect man from the cosmos and satan's world and if Satan can get man to take those things all out, where's your barrier? It's a one-world government. He controls the elite. The elite control the people. And you, you're, you're back to slavery. I mean, you're back to not slavery like Civil War slavery, but slavery like universal slavery like you've never seen before. And then read the book of Revelations where you're at there. Nonetheless, that's the kind of truth. This will be rejected, but those institutions will be broken down. That's where history is heading until Jesus comes back. Here we go. I've got to wrap this up. 2 Thessalonians. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him. Now again, what does that mean? You see right there, there we've got to interpret that. If someone disagrees with what I think that means, that doesn't mean it's, it's a heresy. It's a different interpretation. We ask you, brothers, not to become quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by, now here's what's shaking them up, they've been given some choices, even by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter. Somebody sent them a letter with choices. Someone gave them a sermon with different choices. Or a spirit, it could be a demonic spirit or more likely a prophetic message was given to them. It's like, oh, that's different than this. And now they're like, oh, we're confused. He says, don't be quickly shaken by some spirit, spoken word, or letter, seeming to be from us the apostles, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come already. Let no one deceive you in any way. When they come up with a new doctrine, don't let it deceive you. It's not true. There's no new doctrine. For that day will not come unless, then here he gives you information, unless the rebellion comes first, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, uh, which was still standing at that time, but would be soon torn down, proclaiming himself to be God. Now watch this. Do you remember, recall, that when I was with you, I told you these things. This is not new. Those letters are contrary to what I taught you. You already have the information. You may not understand the information, but those letters are contrary to the information. Uh, Next paragraph, chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. So this one world leader that's going to emerge is the activity of Satan himself, which is why the Tower of Babel, going back, you know, without getting too far into it, and there's, there's not much of a story there, but it would appear to be Satan's attempt to do something that God put an end to. 
the activity of Satan with, okay, the coming of the lawless one, again, notice that, lawless one, by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. There's your demonic manifestations. And with all wicked deception, people will be doing all kinds of things that they have, can justify and think are right, but they are totally deceived in general revelation and in the special revelation. Therefore, why? And the people have gone along with it. Therefore, and this is part of the reason for this class, therefore God sends them a strong delusion. God came down to the Tower of Babel and created nations and confusion to get them to go where he wanted them to stop doing this satanic plan. When this happens, God will send a strong delusion. Instead of just scattering with languages, I will give them a delusion. They will see something or believe something that is absolutely true. It's going to be a scientific breakthrough, some manifestation, some discovery of an archaeological site, uh, whatever. It's a delusion. It's just, we, it's a, he will send a delusion. And the world will look at this delusion. And because they don't have general revelation, they've rejected that, they don't have this truth right here, they will see that delusion and go, there it is. There's the truth. He will send them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They're going to go their jolly way, happily, merrily going this way into delusion, and it's a trap. Just like he came down and scattered them at Tower of Babel so his will will be done, he sends them a delusion. He says, you want deception? Yeah, yeah, give us deception. He gives it to them. Oh, this is the truth. And they run after it, and they run right into judgment. And why would God do that? Because he's given this. He's given general revelation. And Satan has been working against him the whole time, and people are following it. Now we commend you, last paragraph, now we command you brothers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. This is the tradition. And from, this is not, here, right here, who is idle. In the problem there in Corinthians, they were all excited about the end times. We're in the end times. Jesus is coming back. So I, I've just quit my job, and I'm just waiting for Jesus or something to this effect. They weren't working, catching their, their, all their insurance policies. They had all kinds of money, probably eat, drink, be merry, because Jesus is coming back tomorrow. It's like, you're not going to work? No, we're, we don't need to work. We won't be here much longer. Okay, uh, something like that. But this truth, they abandoned this truth, and their lifestyle went astray also. The point if you, in point of this, and we saw it in Timothy the last couple of weeks on Sunday, if you embrace this truth, this goes into your soul, it's going to produce love or the character of God in your life, the fruit of the Spirit. If you reject these and go after something strange, not only are you going after the tr strange traditions, you're going to produce strange lifestyle, or called here and in 1 Timothy, lawlessness. This will produce the character of God. Heresy will produce lawlessness and right here paul's making a point of it uh, the traditions you receive from us included both the teaching but the lifestyle that follows from this which is a fruit uh, there's many other things here that we can get into hopefully we'll get back to these notes i'll pray if you got any questions uh we'll we'll take those and you can talk about it and again we're all still learning i'm still learning putting these things together and uh again it's, it's nice to be uh alive at this time in history with this information seeing history unfold right in front of our eyes 
yet we have the hope of Jesus Christ and the hope of our future again. I'll pray and we'll be finished. Father, we thank you for the chance to look into these things. We thank you for your word. We ask that we again would handle them diligently, handle them correctly, and that we ourselves would avoid false doctrines and, and false teachings and definitely avoid heresies and things that contradict your clear revelation. And we do ask that your spirit would come to us and continue to reveal to us your word, your, your, your plans, and open scriptures up so we may walk in the fullness that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for being here.